At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Sports Betting Network. It is our number two of the look at right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got a great hour for you as we're going to be joined by Ryan Kramer. He does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're going to be taking a look at a little NFL Week 1 Take a look at a little college football week zero. Any takeaways that he's had on both fronts over the last few weeks in terms of what we've seen in terms of the NFL preseason. Anything that stood out in terms of the college football offseason that could be worth maybe giving a little bit of a team a slight boost or a little bit of a slight nudge on in terms of their power ratings. And Ryan, one of the best in the business. So we're going to be joined by him in about 15 or so minutes, 11.15 p.m. Pacific time and once again, big thanks to Pam Maldonado. She joined me on the desk for three segments. Does amazing amazing work over there at Yahoo Sports, both giving out picks and, as you heard in the final segment, just as I always like to call it, instead of giving out the fish, teaching you how to fish, just how to become a better better, doing a nice job in terms of some of the just basics, going through strategy. She does an absolutely amazing job. So it was great to be able to get her in studio. And now we've talked a lot of football here in our number one Let's take a look at a little bit of baseball before we dive back into the NFL chatter as I, for DK Nation, wind up doing one pick every single day for them, do a little bit of a write-up, and we're going to be going to a game that is going to be involving a team that is very much looking to make the playoffs and one team that is very much out of the playoff picture as we wind up going Cincinnati Reds versus the Philadelphia Phillies here. This is 953-954 on the board as Christopher Sanchez is going to be getting the start for the Phils, and you've got TJ Zoik, who's going to be on the bump for the Reds. Your total on this game is 8.5. A half. little bit of juice on the over right now, and when it comes to the Phillies, they're between minus 240 and minus 250 favorites, anywhere between about a plus $2 to a plus 215 price is what you're finding on the Reds. First things first, in terms of money line slash run line, I'm taking a look at the Phillies' run line. When it comes to the run line, you're finding that at most places right around a minus 115. I was willing to go up to a minus 130. I think that the Phillies put up quite a few runs in this spot, and that's what we're going to be basing the DK Nation pick on. The total. I am taking a look at this 8.5, and I think that's way too low. I had this projected as more around 10 runs being scored in this game because TJ Zoik, I don't know if books have taken into account the fact that this guy's been terrible at every level of baseball this season. With TJ Zoik, how he is getting start number three is really mind-blowing to me. He has made two starts thus far this season. He wanted giving up six runs to this very Philadelphia Phillies team in his last start. First start, gave up six runs and four innings against the Mets. So 
He has one eight innings at the big league bubble, and he's given out up 12 runs. And if you want to go a little bit further at the double-A and the triple-A level, you want to making 13 total appearances, 670 ERA. And let me tell you, double-A and triple-A, it's certainly not the big leagues. He's going up against a Philadelphia Phillies team that's been a little bit banged up. Bryce Harper is right now rehabbing. They're hoping to have him back at some point here in the next week or two. He's not going to be playing in this game tonight, obviously, but it looks solid in his rehab appearances. But that said, who you do have out there in the fold, Kyle Schwarber, who's been able to give you 34 home runs this season. Batting average has been lacking, but JT Ryumito over the last 45 days is leading catchers in darn near every hitting statistical category. You've had someone like a DeCassianos, not necessarily be able to generate the deep ball, but Ryumito, Cassianos, they're both hitting right around at 270. Guys at the bottom of the fold have been a little bit touch and go, but you've been able to get a lot more of these pieces. Healthy, healthy Reese Hoskins has been able to do a solid job hitting at 250. He's gone deep 26 times. So being able to get Kyle Schwarber back in the fold about a week or so ago makes this team whole once again. And for the Reds, the bottom of the lineup with guys like Ari Cide, Sakino, and company, not great, but you've been able to get some good production out of Jonathan India is fresh off the injured list. Donovan Solano's been able to hit above a three arm. Certainly, they did wind up trading away a few pieces at the trade deadline, like Brandon Drury's out of the fold. You're also going to be without, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously, something like Tommy Pham as well. But you do have overall still a red team that they're able to put a few runs up on the board. And what else do you have with the Cincinnati Reds? A bullpen that is currently dead last in the big leagues in terms of ERA. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, they rank number 18 themselves. It's been a little bit better ever since the canning of Joe Girardi in very late May slash early June. But with the Phillies, right now they're dealing with two big injuries to their bullpen. Connor or Anthony Dominguez, along with Corey Knable. And Knable, it looks like, is done for the entirety of the season. So you still have Connor Brogdon in the bullpen. You still have someone like a Brad Hand who's able to do a solid job as well. But they are lacking quite a few of their pieces. And the only bullpen piece for the Reds with an ERA below a 3-1 right now on a pitching 19 pitches yesterday in Alexis Diaz on Tuesday. So that's another big issue that you've got with this Reds team. So I do think that runs are going to be a plenty. And for Christopher Sanchez, this is going to be his first start at the big league level since July 5th. So it's been about a month and a half for him. Overall, at the big league level, he's got a 380 ERA, but more around a 474 fielding independent. He's been getting fewer than seven strikeouts per nine innings, three and a half walks per nine, and many of his appearances have been coming out of the bullpen. He has made 10 total appearances, two starts, so eight of which have been more in a little bit of a long relief role, and his last start, he did wind up being able to go five scoreless, but also keep in mind, that was against the Washington Nationals, and I've seen this Washington Nationals team, not great to say the least. So this is a circumstance where I think that the total is too low. I'm going to be writing up the over for DK Nation. And I think that the Phillies, they should be a pretty sizable favorite here against Zoik and company. I recognize that Christopher Sanchez, not necessarily the most trustworthy guy. I'm willing to take a look at the run line because I do think that it's going to be a slugfest. And I guess Sanchez is not necessarily so trustworthy. That's why I do like this total over as well. And we are seeing a few other games that are just coming onto the board for those that were unable to bet on Cubs versus the St. Louis Cardinals along with the Brewers versus the LA Dodgers. It looks like we're starting to get set starters for them as Adrian Hauser has now been announced as the starter for the Milwaukee Brewers. Luke Farrell, no relation to Will, is going to be going for the Chicago Cubs on Wednesday. So if we've got a little bit of time towards back half of the show, we'll be taking a look at those two games. And then on top of that, Brian Bayo is going to be going for the Boston Red Sox, spelled B-E-E. B-E-L-L-O, much like Bellow. So if we've got time towards back half of the show, we're going to be taking a look at that. But here's an underdog that I do think has a little bit of value 
for Wednesday before we wind up getting to Ryan Kramer talk a little football. 967-968, the Detroit Tigers. They're going to be playing us the San Francisco Giants as Logan Webb is going to be on the bump for the Giants and you got Matt Manning, no relation to Peyton, going to be going for the Detroit Tigers. Finding the Tigers in most spots right around a plus 140 to a plus 145 underdog and with the Giants, they opened up a minus 180 favorite. We have seen this go down quite sharply. It's out between minus 155, seeing as high as minus 165 out there as well and Charles went from an 8 to a 7.5. And when it comes to the Detroit Tigers team, needed at least a plus 145 like we're seeing in a lot of spots right now. Value is starting to get a little bit more diminished because this was a spot in which if you looked at the very early AM, you were able to find north of plus 150 very readily available on the Tigers. Now you're finding a lot more plus 140, plus 145. But at a plus 145, I'd be in on the Detroit Tigers because with Matt Manning, he's got some of the most demonstrative home and road splits that you're going to find now. It's no secret that Detroit, a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark. It's not quite Oakland, but it certainly does bode well for pitchers. And on top of that, with Matt Manning, he's backed up by a top-eight team in terms of bullpen ERAs. It certainly is a case of which missing guys like Willie Peralta who wound up getting sent down to the minor leagues a few days ago, along with Michael Fulmer who wound up getting traded at the deadline. That does wind up hurting the team a little bit, but still have Andrew Chafin. You've still got Joey Menez, Jose Cicernos that's coming off the injured list. He has been absolutely tremendous for the team, but in terms of Matt Manning, he's got a sub-3 ERA. He's been able to get more swing and miss here this year rather than what he was up at the big league level last year as well, and he's going up against someone in Logan Webb that he's got some pretty demonstrative home and road splits as well. When it comes to Logan Webb, he has been posting up over the last two years an ERA that's a little bit over a point higher when he is on the road rather than when he is at home, so a little bit of an ailment there, and it's a San Francisco Giants bullpen that I spoke glowingly about the Tigers bullpen, they are in the bottom eight in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. You've got Jonathan Brebia along Camilo Duvall throwing their Jarlon Garcia. These guys have been able to provide a sub-3 ERA, but when you wind up getting into guys like Tyler Rogers and company, certainly has not been good news for them and for this Detroit Tigers team as well. A big reason why I do like this total under before I wind up getting into the side is that they've got a lot of guys. They're currently hitting a 215 or lower. Jonathan Scope, Jimmy Candelario, Cody Clements, Akil Badu, Spencer Torkelson was hitting below a 200, but the only reason why he's not on this list is because he is currently at the AAA level because he was carrying that badly. So you got a lot of guys that have not been able to do such a great job there. But for Matt Manning, overall for the season, getting back to his home and road splits, he's got a sub-1 ERA at home. And if you want a little bit more of a sample size, because Matt Manning has spent much of the year on the injured list. He has made four starts since coming off of the injured list. He has only made six thus far this season. So if you wind up dating it back to last season, he has just some of the biggest splits that you're going to find as his ERA at home is more than three points lower than it is on the road. It's just absolutely remarkable as to what he's been able to do in Detroit. And I do think that he's going to be able to hold on a San Francisco Giants team that they rank in the top 10 in terms of runs per game, but it's not necessarily an impressive offense as we got a pair of guys in Wilmer Flores along with Jack Peterson have been able to do a good job going yard between 16 and 18 home runs, but it's not like they've got a lot of firepower in the lineup. You've had difficulties with the catcher spot getting on all season long, whether that be Kirk Caselli when he was with the team, Joey Bart. You're able to go down the list, awesome wins. These guys have all had a little bit of a tough time. Brandon Belt has not been able to get online this season. They wind up trading away Darren Ruff at the trade deadline. So we'll go down the list of issues with this team. And for the Detroit Tigers, they are a team that they themselves do have their difficulties on offense, but they certainly have been able to generate a little bit more offense when they have been at home versus on the road. And for Logan Webb, he has given up out of his 10 home runs as far this season. 
Eight of them when he has been on the road. Now with the Detroit Tigers, they've got 72 home runs this season. To put this into perspective, the duo of Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo have more home runs right now than the entire Detroit Tigers team, which that's a little bit deplorable, but I do think that this is going to be a situation of death by a million cuts. Matt Manning has been able to do a good job of being able to keep down the walks himself, so I do think that we're in for a little bit of a low-scoring game out there in Detroit. This is a situation where I do take a look at the under, and as long as he's still got that plus 145-ish on the Detroit Tigers, I do think that there's quite a bit of value with that underdog, and you need to find out next if there's any underdogs out there on the gridiron as Ryan Kramer does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're going to be keeping him on for two segments. Take a look at the NFL and college football week zero. That is up next right here on The Lookout on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Back here on the look at on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network, Greg Peterson holding it down for Scott Seidenberg tonight. And it's great to be joined by Ryan Kramer. He does a great job over there at, at Bed365. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network and a man that I know is getting set for both the NFL and the college football season and Ryan You've joined me a few times on here, and it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Absolutely, and it feels like we're in preview season fatigue. Just excited to have real live bullets flying this weekend with some Week Zero college football. Absolutely. Now, I think that it would be fair to ask for maybe a little bit of better games for Week Number Zero, (laughs) that's to say the least, or to use a name that's not Week Zero. I always go back to the show, Whose Line Is It Anyway?, where the slogan of that show was always everything's made up and the points don't matter that's what week zero sounds like to me but as we know as betters the points they they certainly do matter in this case and can make or lose you quite a bit of money so there is that but taking a look at week zero in college football is there any games that want to sending out to you because like i mentioned not necessarily the most hotly contested games but we've got something going out there in ireland we've got a game out there in hawaii so we're going to be just jam-packed with football all day long and certainly some interesting non-conference, shall we say, showdowns in terms of styles. And honestly, I think week zero is great for the fact that you're going to get some maybe less educated takes. And the first game I'm going to jump to is that Nevada-New Mexico State game. Nevada has lost a ton. And, and you know, this is it, you don't have to fatigue yourself with handicapping the game. I'm simply just going to take a stab at the money line. New Mexico State plus 275 has been a bad team. 
I'll admit that Nevada has been a good team, but they've lost so much in the offseason, whether coaching, production, that I, I just love the idea of taking a stab at a team, uh, catching nine points uh, on the money line in a situation where this Nevada team is nothing like this power number is built off of. And at, at a, nine points, really? That, so that, to me, like, I love playing the variance here. So give me the money line plus 275 in New Mexico State where, uh, you know, again, it's week zero. Like you mentioned, this is uh, like beta testing, right? They're afraid to put the one out there. It's a dot nine release. So we're going to look for some variance plays. Yep. And I was talking about this one with Pam Maldonado in our number one. And I don't think that even if you think that the line, I don't think that just because the line is high, means that you need to necessarily stay away from it. We were taking a look at this UConn versus Utah State game, and with Utah State, they're finding themselves right around 27-point favorites. You might find a hook on that one way or the other between 26.5 and 27.5, depending upon your book, but this UConn football team is absolutely terrible. I like UConn basketball. I'm a college basketball guy. They do a great job out there in the Big East. There is no Big East currently in college football, and UConn, the last few years, they have been in the bottom five at darn near everything. I recognize it's a big number delay, but this is a complete mismatch in every facet of football. Uh, the only reason you're taking UConn is, is if you're bought into Jim Mora turning the program around during, uh, game one. I'm with you, and honestly, the, the majority of the plays I like week zero are laying the points because I think we've, we've got a, a, a tilt where you don't have enough, and, and people are maybe scared, like you're saying. Hey, UConn, they have optimism. Jim Moore is there. He's going to fix the program. He's a real coach. But as you pointed out, this team literally, you know, they won the national championship per the New York Times for not playing football a couple seasons ago. So they lost so much over the last couple seasons. You can't do anything but fade them. Yep, I'm right there with you. And when it comes to this time of year, do you think that there might actually be a little bit more value on favorites? Because you just mentioned it. There's lots of optimism with a lot of these teams there's oh boy this year could be a little bit different when in reality when it comes to college football because I think that's a little bit different for college basketball but when it comes to college football a lot of the teams that we typically see up there at the top there isn't as much turnover as in quite a few other sports yeah and I think you know you look at another matchup Vanderbilt Hawaii this Vanderbilt program absolute bottom of the SEC but starting to turn things around uh, have brought in some personnel to kind of fix their recruiting processes start building up the roster. We're a couple years into that process now, and you have a Hawaii team that almost felt like a desperation hire to bring in Timmy Chang. There was some drama around June Jones not getting the job. And at the end of the day, Hawaii is another team, much like Nevada, I pointed out earlier, that has lost so much. There is so much turnover that even though the trip to Hawaii is scary, there's so many time zones crossed, I still like laying the points with Vanderbilt, even though this number a couple days ago, when we talked about it over on the Sports Gambling Podcast, was minus six. So, uh, I, and this number's moving north. I expect it to probably close north of 10. So, I think you, you, you grab the points and you, and you watch the number continue to grow. Yep. And when it comes to going to Hawaii, I recommend to Vanderbilt the poke. It's very, very good over there. I wound up having a vacation in Hawaii about a month or so ago. So, I'm sure that they can enjoy that and stay focused on football while eating some delicious food. But with that said, when it comes to a big giant trip, even bigger than the one to Hawaii, we've got a game in Dublin, Ireland between the Northwestern Wildcats and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. This just feels very strange to say the least. In Nebraska, they went from about a 10-point favorite to anywhere between 13 and 13 and a half points. And we've seen this number crater in terms of the total end. I can't blame anyone for taking a look at the total because I mean, we're able to use the NFL reference here because I think there might have been a game or two played 
overseas in terms of college football, but we see this more in the NFL with those London games, and the field is always a little bit more torn up because it's built more for soccer rather than football. It turns into just a slimy mess in general on the field. I'm not sure about you, but I would have a tough time taking a look at it over in this spot. Uh, and that's the play of the way I would play this. I think, you know, some of the value is zapped out of Nebraska, the side I do like. I, I certainly like the idea of taking a stab at who can remember when Scott Frost was known as being an offensive genius. And maybe it's just the fact that he's been stuck with Adrian Martinez bogging him down. I think Casey Thompson maybe can provide a little bit more to help his offense excel. And this was another team that you circle as. Lost a lot of close games. I know the special teams was horrible, but lost a lot of close games, so regression should be coming. All of that being said, terrified to lay the 13 points with the Scott Frost team, but 49 and a half college total, as you pointed out, they're playing on a pitch. This is not a football field. Alert. This is this is a pitch, and and I absolutely, honestly, I, I'm shocked that this number is is where it is. I mean, this this feels like the kind of game I know there's some bad defenses, but why is this not a 45-point total? So I'm with you. I think we we smash this under, and, and much like uh, some of the early season unders in some other sports, I think maybe that's what's going to come here in the, the, the Ireland game. Yep, and I could see a whole lot of disjointedness as well. This is, I mean, we were talking about how many time zones are being crossed over in the Vanderbilt versus Hawaii game. Same thing winds up applying here as well. This is going to be a 9.30 a.m. Pacific time kick. I believe that every other game except for UConn and Utah State and Wyoming versus Illinois are the only three games that for week number zero are going to be going down before 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. So very strange to be seeing that. And I mean, Ryan, it is one of these cases in which for week zero, it is a little bit more of a bare card. But in terms of just taking a look forward for the college football season, because I think that we both agree this is not the week to wind up pushing in your entire bankroll to fire on absolutely everything humanly possible because there's going to be a lot more opportunities for the upcoming season. Are there any teams that you're looking at in terms of a futures perspective, whether it be a season win total, win the win their conference, anything of that nature? Yeah, I mean, we, we were just talking ACC today on the Sports Gambling Podcast, and I think we all kind of walked away loving the perspectives of taking it over on Malik Cunningham and this Louisville team at six and a half to one. I think the schedule sets up nicely, and I, I, you know, you take a step back, you squint a little bit, and hey, it looks a little bit like skinny Lamar Jackson over there in Louisville. So, if you want to give me a, a guy who who's going to provide the variance, provide the the upside needed to maybe shock the world and and take over a, a conference where who knows, Big Cinco and Clemson, like he, he hasn't established himself, and and with the news of Wake and and Sam Hartman, uh, there's a lot of experienced quarterbacks in this conference and when you look to to louisville and malik cunningham he's one of them fifth year so i absolutely love the over a uh, six and a half i wouldn't be mad if you wanted to take a stab at, at them to win uh, the division or win the conference um y- y- i would even you know feel free to to stab at him at, uh, with the heisman it's probably a bit of a long shot and maybe something you're looking to sell the ticket mid-season but i just love the the, the, the chances for him to get off to a hot start and 14-1 to to win that division. I know Clemson is there. I know NC State is the darling of the offseason. But I absolutely love this Louisville team to be a bit of a shocker this year. Yep, and just on top of that, we've got about a minute left here. Just how much better does this ACC look in the middle? Because that's the one thing that really stands out to me. Because it used to be Clemson and then maybe one other team. But it feels like the ACC is as deep now as it's been in a very long time. 
And, and it comes back to, you know, you look around college football and what makes and breaks some of these teams and some of these seasons. It's all about that experience at the quarterback position. I know I mentioned Sam Hartman at Wake Forest is potentially going to miss some time. They're saying he's going to be back for the season at some point, whatever that means. But not only that, you have Tyler Van Dyke in Miami. You have Brennan Armstrong. You have Devin Leary in NC State. You have a whole bunch. Malik Cunningham, I didn't even mention yet. Jordan Travis. Like You you have experience. Phil Jerkovic, who could be the highest pick in the draft. This ACC quarterback uh, room is absolutely loaded with experience. And I think that for that reason, you're going to have a lot of high floors because these guys are just going to carry these teams to certain levels. And yeah, this could be, you know, potentially a great year for the ACC to stand up and say, hey, we aren't that bad. Keep us in the conversation for the future realignment. Note for another day, ACC basketball might be relatively solid as well. But coming next, we're going to be heading to the NFL with Ryan right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. It's football season, and betters know that this is when the money is... ...casting legend Brent Musburger. Start your VEASAN subscription today to get access to our football betting experts all... This is the look ahead on VEASAN, the sports betting network. The college football guide is out right now on the NFL VEASAN betting guide. That is going to be dropping on Thursday. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of every single team, including team trends, power ratings, over-under recommendations, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, player awards, and much more. Remember that the only way to be able to get access to this year's football betting guides is by becoming a VEASAN All-Access subscriber. Sign up for a discounted football special to get access to everything that we do now through the Super Bowl. It's going to include a college basketball betting guide for myself as well for only $175. Plus, save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network. As we're back here on the look at with myself, Greg Peterson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg. And great to be rejoined by Ryan Kramer. And Ryan, I know that you, much like myself, absolutely love the NFL. And we're through two weeks of the preseason has there been anything that's happened in these last two weeks, whether it be via the preseason or anything that's happened off the field and training camp, what have you, that has caused you to either give maybe a little bit of a boost up or down to a team with regards to what you've been seeing from them? I, You know, it's so hard to, to navigate through what is real and what is fake in the preseason. But boy, I, I think, you know, not that I was coming into the season high on the New York Jets, but I have completely downgraded them. I think, you know, they're absolutely on the table for me uh, to fade week one, even though the numbers jumped from five and a half. Uh, the Ravens laying five and a half on the road to now laying seven on the road in New York. This Jets team, to me, that with the injuries that have popped up, the situation with the quarterback, Zach Wilson, I mean, Joe Flacco has been the best quarterback on the roster. That's not a good sign. And, you know, this was a coach that everyone said was a good guy, and I'm starting to wonder if he's going to be able to trans uh, to transform this defense. So I'm starting to think maybe I, I should be putting a little bit of an investment uh, on the Jets to be the worst team this year, the Jets to be looking at the number one pick. Uh, it, it's starting to feel like their ceiling is four or five wins. Yep, and you mentioned the Zach Wilson injury as well, and 
I'm not sure about you, but I take a look at the injury to Zach Wilson, and that doesn't have me downgrading the New York Jets at all. When he was out there on the field, out of all the quarterbacks that we wound up seeing, I think that it's fair to say that he was the worst one. Honestly, if they wind up going with White or Joe Flacco for a, for, for a few weeks and even moving forward, I don't think that that winds up putting the Jets in much more, more of a worse spot because I don't have a lot of faith in Zach Wilson. I, you know, you might be right in terms of just macro take. I, I just think we saw it last year with Mike White. He popped his head up. It was interesting. And then everyone realized he couldn't throw the ball down the field. Joe Flacco, full sample size with him with that offensive line. I mean, we could be talking about street free agents playing for this. Uh, Cam Newton's still available. Maybe he'll be starting for the New York Jets this year. I just think the situation could go from bad to worse super quickly. And, and, and unlike some of the bad teams in the league, it seems like the Jets floor might be the absolute basement. Yep, and right now we're seeing them in week one against the Baltimore Ravens. This line has moved to seven pretty much across the board. We've got a straight six and a half. Here at Circa, and if you're looking to fade the Jets, come on down to Circa because we get the best number on them right now. So I do take a look at that. And when it comes to worst record in the NFL, the Jets, I know that you just laid it out. They might be one of those candidates. Is there another team that's really coming to mind that you think might be a good candidate? Because the team that is really coming to mind for me is the Atlanta Falcons. They are the one team that they wound up being really bad last season, and it felt like they got markably worse. Now, the more I look at it, the more that... I am starting to think that the Chicago Bears belong in that fold as well. One of the most popular win total bets here in Vegas has been the Chicago Bears under their season win total. I think that's going to be a bad year for them. And quite honestly, I feel like there's like five or six bad teams that, I mean, it's going to be really grody for them. But has there been a team that has really been catching your eye in terms of just odds to be able to win the fewest amount of games in the league? I think you nailed it. I think the Chicago Bears team, I mean, again, the players are trying to get out of there. We first heard it from Robert Quinn, and then we heard it from Roquan Smith. And I think you you have a coach that is getting practices canceled because he's going too hard in the spring, which can go one of two ways. Maybe he's hooking up the vets with a day off, or maybe he's a tough football guy going to a situation that's really bad. And if Justin Fields can't take a step forward at all, this team could be absolutely horrible. And, and, and this is even in a weak NFC. So Bears, 7-1 to one to have the fewest wins in the league. I, I, don't, I don't mind that. Although I, I do still think I would favor uh, someone from the AFC. I might also take a stab at the Seahawks at 7-1. to one. Uh, Pete Carroll, uh, I mean, Drew Locke has looked pretty bad. Geno Smith is not uh, exciting for anyone. And at the end of the day, that, that Seahawks team just didn't look prepared in the preseason. I know... Pete Carroll is a great coach. He's, 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 he's done good things, but maybe he's past his prime. And so maybe what I would do is I'd bundle up Seattle and Chicago, both at seven to one and hope one of those guys, one of those teams is sitting there with the uh, first pick in the draft. Yep. I cannot blame you for either of those selections because I think that both are going to be pretty darn bad. I think that it's going to be a rough year for the Atlanta Falcons as well, but I mean, out there in that NFC East, because we were just talking about the bears a little bit, do you think that there might be a possibility that we wind up seeing and it's very weird to say the Detroit Lions wind up getting a little bit overrated based on what we're seeing from Hard Knocks. Because if you wind up going on social media, all you see are people being like, oh, I would love to play for Dan Campbell. Oh, I want to bite off a kneecap now and everything like that. But I still take a look at this Detroit Lions team, and I think that they're better than the Chicago Bears. I think that that's very fair to say. But with the Lions, they were solid against the spread. Could not wind up closing out a game, much like your buddy at the bar last season. And I feel like we might wind up seeing that once again with the Lions, a pesky team that 
I just don't see where the straight up wins come from for them other than against obviously the Bears. I think it's two things. I think hard knocks hype is real and we see it in the preseason. It's 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 a good situation to fade. And I think you just have a you nailed it. it he might be a fun guy to play for, but I don't know if he's a guy that's going to win. Having play a whole bunch of players, having the inmates run the metaphorical asylum, it might be fun for content and it might be cool to see these raw raw speeches, but I don't know if that makes you a better team tactically. And also, let's call call it how it is. Jared Goff is still the quarterback. And I think a lot of the excitement from, from this Lions team stems from the fact that they are an exciting fantasy football team because the perspective that their defense is still going to be bad and that they have some players on offense that should allow them to move the ball and score some points and participate in some, some shootouts. But at the end of the day, I do not believe that Dan Campbell and this staff will have Jared Goff ready to win games in the same way that he was ready to win games with Sean McVay. So I absolutely am not buying into the restore the roar hype. I would happily take uh, the Detroit Lions under the six and a half. I'll, I'll happily take the Detroit Lions to miss the postseason. And honestly, as 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 down as I am on the whole NFC, I, I just don't see a world where we're seeing the Lions in the postseason. I, I'm in total agreement with you there. I do think that there might be a little bit of sneaky value in terms of the NFC North on the Minnesota Vikings, but in terms of the Lions and the Bears, no, I think that it's going to be a lot of free wins for the Packers and the Minnesota Vikings this season as well. So I'm in total agreement with you there. And just taking a look at, because we've been talking a lot about bad teams for this upcoming season. Has there been a team or two that just the more that you take a look at them, the more you feel, you know what, like the arrow's going to be trending upward on them and the more you're just feeling a little bit bullish on them coming into the season. It's been the Baltimore Ravens the entire offseason. I'm all bought into Lamar, whether he gets the contract done or not. He's on a mission. He's put on the weight. He wants to prove the world wrong. This is a dude who's constantly being told he can't do it. Uh, he, I mean, we remember he was told he needed to change to be a wide receiver. Right? It's just he's constantly been been battled against. And I think also this is a team that's been very good. They had a bad year last year. John Harbaugh immediately got rid of Wink Martindale, said we're going to get more conservative on defense. We're going to play to our strengths. We're going to run the ball. We're going to draft more tight ends. We're seeing Isaiah Likely show out in the preseason. This could be a two-tight end look. We could be seeing Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, Rashad Bateman to go with Dobbins in the backfield. I like them getting back to their roots, and I love their over. I love Lamar to win the MVP, but what I like the most is I like them to have the most wins in the regular season at 16-1. to uh, they, they are absolutely a regular season team. They're capable of being great in the regular season. Sure, talk to me about fading them when we get to the postseason and they get one of those tough matchups where someone shuts down Lamar finally. But in the regular season, I think they're going to start with a bang, and I think Lamar is going to be leading the race to the MVP window. And 14-3 and three sounds about right for me with this Baltimore Ravens team. And you were just talking about it with not being impressed by what we've seen out of the New York Jets here in the preseason and being impressed by the Ravens. Well, the line has went from 4.5 to 7 in terms of that Week 1 game, and I mean, you've certainly lost the best of the number if you're looking to dive in on the Ravens right now, but I don't see any reason to take the New York Jets even with this line movement. It would be for me either Ravens or pass at this point. Not sure if you've got anything different here, but despite the line movement, which it is a little bit scary going to seven, I still would be looking at the Ravens. I mean, this is where we educate the audience about the, the, the great teasers. I mean, this is a classic Wong teaser. Baltimore, if it's going to sit here at seven... Even if it jumps up to seven and a half, eight, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if this number keeps going north. 
maybe some folks get cute and bet it back down. But I love throwing the Baltimore Ravens into my week one teaser, starting there, leaving. Maybe I just grab it now, put some open spots. Maybe I find something to pair with it, like a New England teased up to eight and a half uh, or something like that. But man, boy, do I love getting the Ravens down to minus one, basically a money line. And I love getting you on this show, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining me. Cheers. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at some Wednesday MLB games right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Now, that's VEASAN.com. This is the look ahead on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Barn and a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to be able to dive in on the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 years or older. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as per usual, please do drink responsibly. Yes, it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson. Great to talk a little college football and a little NFL with Ryan Kramer the last two segments. Does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So, pleasure to get him aboard. And got to give a shout-out to my man, Jason Kahn. He is the producer of this fine show. Whenever I wind up warming the seat for Scott, he always has a great guest list prepared for me. And, and he's done a great job tonight because we were joined by Pam Maldonado along with Dave Ross in the first hour. That was absolutely amazing. So, Jason, once again... Gets an A-plus from me and then just everyone behind the scenes here at Vison. It's the best in the business. You've got all the graphics that we see up on the screen. That is courtesy of our technical director, Dakota. Taylor always does a great job of getting myself set up on audio. And then you've got all of her posting up all of our hours. Vison.com slash podcast. If you miss anything from this show, if you want to get hours of, just insert your show here. A numbers game, follow the money, Vison Bet Center on the weekend. List goes on and on. My show, The Greg Peterson Experience. So you've got it all covered. Oliver does a great job there. And really all these guys, they wind up being able to shell out a great effort day in and day out. They are the best in the business. So now it's time for me to do my part. Let's take a look at the game of baseball for this Wednesday. As we've hit on a few games thus far, but this is one that really stands out to me because it's one of the more sneaky pitching matchups that we're going to be seeing on the board for Wednesday. How about if we wind up going... Arizona Diamondbacks, Kansas City Royals, 977-978. The homestanding Royals are going to be sending Brady Singer to the mound, and Zach Gallen takes the bump for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks find themselves a favorite anywhere between minus 120 to a minus 130. Right around a plus 110 across the board is what you're finding on the Kansas City Royals with 
total on this game, 7.5. We're starting to see the juice on the 7.5 wind up going to the under. And when it comes to this spot, I do find it making the Royals a little bit of a favor because let's call what it is and simplify it a little bit more. You've got two teams that are not going to be competing for the postseason, the Arizona Diamondbacks along the Kansas City Royals. Both have been not great this year. You've got two teams with not great bullpens. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they are in the bottom seven of the league in terms of bullpen ERA. The Kansas City Royals, they are dead last in the American League. In terms of bullpen ERA, third last overall in Major League Baseball. So this really comes down to what you're going to be able to get out of the just lineups against two very good pitchers and what you're going to be able to get of these two pitchers in general, and both of these guys over their last five starts post All Star break, they have been two of the best in the business. You got Brady Singer sub two three ERA since the All Star break. Zach Gallen two runs or fewer surrendered in every one of his starts post All Star break. Both of these guys do give you right around about nine strikeouts per nine innings, a little bit more, a little bit less. Both of these guys over the last month and a half, they've been posting up sub three ERAs. Neither of these guys are surrendering too many walks. Singer has a little bit of an edge here, but I do think that Singer being at home. That does wind up helping him out a little bit. Both of these guys, they've got relatively good home and road splits. Neither of these guys winds up excelling a whole heck of a lot more at home versus on the road and vice versa. So I do think that that's interesting to take a look at. But with the Royals, what I do like about them is that the guys at the top of the fold have been able to do a good job of being able to go deep. MJ Melendez, Salvador Perez, Bobby Wood Jr., all between 14 and 17 home runs. And many of these home runs for all three of these gentlemen have been coming recently for the Diamondbacks. They do wind up getting right around 1.3 home runs per game when they're on the road, which is actually significantly more than they get at home. At home, a little bit under one home run per game, but I do think that the Royals, they're going to be in a little bit of better footing because they use up my, and air quotes here, less than trustworthy bullpen pieces on Tuesday. By that, I mean Josh Stamont, who has been absolutely terrible for the Royals, and he wound up giving up a whole bunch of runs on Tuesday. He wound up getting used up, so no more do you have to worry about him. Instead, you get... Guys like a Scott Barlow in the fold, I've been relatively impressed by what I've been seeing out of him this season. Amir Garrett has been better recently. Overall for the season, it's been pretty bad, but seems to be turning over a new leaf. And for the years and the Diamondbacks, really other than Joe Mantiply, it's been relatively rough with this bullpen as well. Now for the Diamondbacks, they do have a little bit less batting average rather than what we do wind up seeing out of the Kansas City Royals. So Josh Ross has been able to pick things up a little bit. He's hitting above a 280 for the same Christian Walker post-All-Star break. He's been able to about a 275, but with Walker, Geraldo Perdomo, Jordan Luplo, you've got a lot of guys for this team hitting a 225 or lower. Now with Walker, he has been able to supply 29 home runs, most of either guy that's going to be in this game. But I do think that in a battle of good pitching matchups, it, it comes down to both of these guys probably being able to go six to seven innings being solid. But the reason why I like the over is because of what I just mentioned a little bit earlier about the bullpens. They are absolutely terrible. And we saw it in the game on Tuesday. This was a game that I believe it was 2-1 to one going into the 8th inning. It goes over because both bullpens had no idea how to find the zone. And you just wound up having both bullpens getting completely ripped apart. Which means that you've got a little bit of a tire bullpen on both sides as well. I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to ride that offensive momentum a little bit. And I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression with both of these starters as well. Here at a 7.5, I'm going to be taking a look at the over. I trust in Brady Singer at home. He's been able to do it against a little bit or better competition than Zach Allen recently. You may recall the stellar start that he wound up having at Yankee Stadium. He winds up being able to go seven scoreless there. Plays OC LA Dodgers about a week and a half ago. Winds up getting a shutout for the Kansas City Royals. He wound up pitching seven strong in that one as well. So I do think that Brady Singer is going to be able to come out. 
give a very good effort here. I like the Kansas City Royals being able to get a little bit of plus price at home with Brady Singer on the mound. And I'm going to be taking a look at this total over because I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a calamity when it comes to both of these bullpens. What else I think is going to be fascinating is if this man can wind up getting into the Cy Young hunt or not once again. As we go 963, 964 on the betting board, the LA Angels, they are going to be on the road against the Tampa Bay Rays as Shane McClanahan is going to be going for the Tampa Bay Rays. And this may sound like a notable actor, but it is not. Mike Myers, not the gentleman from I Married an Axe Murder, going for the LA Angels. Total on this game is 7. The under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. And for the Rays, it's anywhere between minus 260 and minus 270 that you're laying with them. Between plus 230 and plus 240 is your price on the LA Angels. And we're starting to approach the range of which I'd be taking a look at the Angels as they opened up right around about a plus 195, plus $2. So we have seen a lot of money coming on the Tampa Bay Rays, but what I'm looking at is the Rays run line. Now, I want to be able to reduce the juice because with Mike Myers, I don't think that he's going to be going very long. And for the LA Angels, due to what wound up happening on Tuesday, where they wound up giving up 11 runs, it's a tax bullpen. And it is not a very good situation to be in for the LA Angels because they did wind up having to use guys like Jose Quijada and company. The guys have actually been able to perform for them. And for Mike Myers, he has been mostly used as a long reliever. Now, he has not made a start this season, but he's stretched out to be able to give you five innings because over his last nine two appearances, he's went nine in the third inning. So this is someone that he is able to give you those five if you really, really goes out there and gives a good start six. But I certainly do not anticipate that being the case because now for the Tampa Bay Rays, you've got Harold Ramirez who's sitting at 335 back at the full. Do you want to coming back about a week or so ago? And then you've got a little bit more power in this lineup with Randy Orozarena being able to get five home runs over the team's last 15 games. He's been able to heat up. You've got Yandy Diaz providing a 380 on base. And when it comes to the Angels, the lone run that they wound up being able to get on Tuesday, go figure. A Mike Trout solo home run as Shoy Otani has been dealing with a little bit of a stomach bug. That winds burning an offense that they've got a lot of guys towards the bottom of the fold, like Max Stassi, Kurt Suzuki, Andrew Velasquez. Able to go down the line of guys hitting a 220 or lower. Now, David Fletcher, ever since he wound up getting brought back up to the big leagues, he's been hitting right around at 300 over the last two to three weeks. So he's been able to do a nice job here. But I do think that Shane McClanahan is going to be able to deliver his best start. And for Shane McClanahan, there's been a lot of people that have been out on him on the Cy Young race. And I do think that Justin Verlander should be ahead of him because, I mean, with Verlander, you saw what he wanted being able to do on Tuesday. He wanted delivering six no-hit perfect innings for the Houston Astros. He certainly did not wind up hurting his case, but for Shane McClanahan, since the beginning of the month of May, he has allowed two earned runs or fewer in every one of his starts. He has been very good at being able to get the punch outs with 11 strikeouts per nine innings, fewer than two walks. Per nine innings, his whip of a 0-8-6-3. That is the best among American League qualifying starters. Dylan Cease wound up having a little bit of a rough start on Tuesday as well. So I think that with a good start here, he winds up getting back into that number two spot behind Justin Verlander, but he's been able to do it all season long. Actually, has a little bit of higher ERA when he is at home with a 2.36 rather than on the road where it's more like a 2.05, but he has been able to do a great job in both environments and going up against an LA Angels team that Really, it's not been able to hit too much. I do think that it's a relatively good spot. And I do like this total under just because Tampa Bay, it is a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark. We have seen that throughout the years. And there are just certain guys that they do wind up having a little bit of tough time hitting. And you're able to find that with many of the guys that are towards the bottom of the fold for the Tampa Bay Rays, like Taylor Walls and company. Got a lot of guys hitting a 220 or lower. Yu Chang is someone else that you're able to throw into that mix. And I think that Jay McClanahan 
He knows that he needs a good start to be able to get back into this race. I think that he's going to be able to deliver against an Angels team that has seen Taylor Ward along Jared Walsh over the last 45 days hit below the Meadows line of 200. So taking a look at the under and taking a look at the raise on the run line. One to lay up to a minus 130 on that run line. And coming up next, it is going to be our number three of the look at. Going to be taking a little bit more of a look as to where we're going to be getting NFL Week 1 and just some basics as to what's happening out there on the East Coast as well with regards to being able to get some money down and taking a look at Major League Baseball as well right here on VSIN, Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.